Good morning. This is Connie Akins, a licensed professional counselor with a private practice in West Bloomfield, Michigan. I'm here today to discuss connecting. I have a special guest. His name is Raynard Meritith, and he's going to talk about handling single life and preparing to meet someone. Raynard is also a licensed professional counselor, a clinical therapist. He's a great colleague and if you want to learn more about him, you can follow him on Instagram at Raynard the Counselor. Raynard is going to share with us today some of his thoughts on this important topic. However, I want to start by saying connection is a relationship in which a person, thing, or idea is linked or associated with someone else. So Raynard, today we're going to talk more about being single and preparing to meet someone. Let's start by having you introduce yourself and say a little bit more about you. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, Connie. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. Um, I'm very humbled and very happy to be here. Of course, yes, I am a licensed professional counselor. I've been doing mental health counseling for about 12 years here. Um, I recently just started my own private practice um, here in Michigan. And so I am working on just really focusing on helping people to achieve their goals, helping people to um, work through any type of like symptoms of anxiety, depression, so that they can have a successful life. And success, I mean by looking at things and accomplishing the goals that they set for themselves. And so, yep, you can find me on Instagram at Raynard the Counselor, as well as on Facebook as Raynard the Counselor. And so, thank you, and Psychology Today, um, as well as Therapy for Black Men. Thank you, Reynard. Reynard, how important is it to get to know yourself before getting into a relationship? Yes. Um, how important is it to get to know yourself before getting into a relationship? I feel that it's important to know a, a good portion about yourself, but I don't think you have to know yourself fully inside and out to get into a relationship. I think the key thing to know about yourself before getting into a relationship are what are your triggers? What are the things that um, you do not want to tolerate or put up with in a relationship? Um, Or even just uh, what are some of the things that are your like maybe like your bad habits or things like that? Um, I think that's more important than fully knowing yourself, because as you're growing and you're getting older um, yourself, you're going to change the things that you like or is going to change the things that you uh, enjoy. The things that you appreciate in life are going to change. So you don't fully have to know yourself before getting into a relationship. I just really feel that you need to know what are the things that um, trigger you? What are the things that you do not want to you know, tolerate or you feel are like deal breakers or um, unacceptable things in a relationship? As well as just knowing um, what are the things that are going to be huge disruptions to you. I think that's more important. Can you give me more insight into the term trigger? I know that's a word that we use in clinical counseling. So when you say identify what triggers you, can you give me an example of that, please? Absolutely. Um, Triggers, it can mean so many different things for so many people. So I'll give a couple examples. So let's say, for example, if you're a person who's experienced um, trauma in your life, um, what are the things that trigger you to maybe like, react in the way that you would have reacted when you originally experienced that trauma. So if a person has experienced a lot of uh, maybe like physical abuse in their um, in their past relationships or physical abuse and maybe in their um, childhood, 
the things that would trigger them to feel like they're back in that moment again. So if yelling at being yelled at is a big trigger for you, that's something that you need to know before getting into a relationship. Because if this person is maybe just like a loud talker, they're not necessarily yelling, but that loud talking can be seen as um, can remind you of aggression that might trigger you to feel like you're back in that moment. So you need to know that about yourself before getting into a relationship, getting into a relationship. Um, things that might be triggers for you, such as things in the house. Um, are there things such as like, you know that you have you like the house this way or you like things done a certain way. And if this person just absolutely does not operate their house in that same manner, in the same manner, you might want to know that. You might want to know it because that can trigger you to just, you know, feel like uncomfortable, detached from that person just because the house isn't being ran the way that you would like to, you know, to run it. Um, what are some other triggers? Uh, people off, often talk about triggers such as from like sexual abuse, um, when they're intimate with somebody. Um, there's things that some people like sexually that other people can't get with. And you need to know what the things are that you can't get with during, you know, having intercourse or being intimate with somebody. Because if that person goes to, you know, do that particular act or do that particular thing and it immediately sends you back into that moment of when you were being sexually abused and your partner doesn't know that, that's going to be a huge issue because you might shut down. You might, you know, feel like you were back in that, you know, same abusive relationship. So it's just really important to know what are your triggers for anger, what are your triggers for sadness, depression, um, triggers even just for on a positive note, triggers for happiness, triggers for joy. Just know what are the things that trigger you so that your partner isn't caught off guard or even yourself isn't caught off guard. Great insight, Reynard. I believe that all of us have triggers, and I think it's important for us to be able to identify the things that make us happy in relationships and the things that make us sad in relationships. But I also believe that it's important to understand some of the things that you like about yourself in a relationship. What are your positive uh, traits and qualities? And how to get to know yourself. Spending quality time with oneself is very important before you get in the next relationship. I want to ask you the term, I want to ask you a question about being authentic. What does authenticity mean to you in a relationship? So authenticity, um, so many times we get caught up in this whole thing of like, I'm just going to be real. I'm going to be I'm going to be, you know, just straightforward, you know, no sugarcoating anything. But that's not what we are really looking at when we say authenticity when it comes to relationships. So for me, when I say authenticity, is there a genuine bond with this person? Do I actually like this person? Um, they can have, you know, the, the prettiest smile. They can dress the best. They can smell good. But if I don't feel and, and that's not even to say that this person has a bad personality, it's just, do I genuinely like this person? Am I connected to this person? Do I feel that they're, you know, like, can I enjoy myself with this person? Am I longing for this person? When you find that type of a connection, I think that's more authenticity that, you know, no bells, no whistles, no, oh, they got this nice car or, you know, I like the way they have their hair cut. All those things are nice. But if I don't genuinely feel that I have a connection with you, that I can't, 
you can't be empathetic to me. I can't be empathetic to you. You don't fully understand me or I don't understand you. I don't long for you when you're when you're away. If we don't have that, it's going to be hard to maintain a relationship with that person. So that's what I look at when I say authenticity. Is there a genuine connection or a genuine bond with this person? Um, And you can like I said, you can be and that's completely separate from a sexual attraction. Because so many people feel like if they are sexually attracted to to this person, then that's what the bond is. And it doesn't have to be because sexual attraction can occur over time as well. You ever have like that a friend that you met and you just like, yeah, they cool or whatever. That's my friend. That's my homie. And then like six months later, you're like, wait a minute. What is this I'm feeling about this person? Like, I think I'm kind of feeling this person. So and when you first met that person, you didn't have that same feeling about them. So sexual attraction and intimate attraction can occur over time. It's just more so can you be authentic and genuinely connected to that person on just a whole nother level? Okay, I like that insight. Uh, when I think about the term authenticity, I think about who am I in the relationship? What um, qualities or traits or characteristics I have and Am I able to express those without fear of rejection, without fear of judgment? And so authenticity to me means I can just be myself. If I feel like being silly today, I can be silly. If I want to be serious, I can be serious. If I'm in a spiritual place, let me be there. Uh, So authenticity just means to me, be yourself. And so what you see is what you get. Um, And I want to say that in a positive light in terms of being positive and proactive versus letting what some people call anger or frustration or those type of feelings come out. And they feel that that's when they're being their most authentic self. No, authenticity means I'm able to be myself in any given situation. Okay, describe what a healthy single person is doing to prepare for a relationship. So what I want to know is how you spend your time, Ray. And so actually to go back to, you know, the authenticity really quickly, um, what you were explaining was and I have a, um, a podcast that I listen to. Her name is uh, Brooke Castillo, and she describes it as you're able to be vulnerable with that person, the the willingness to express any emotion and deal with any emotion when it comes up and for me like even in a relationship I need to feel that because that gives security that I can be myself I can be vulnerable with this person vulnerability doesn't mean I'm weak vulnerability doesn't mean that somebody is stronger than me vulnerability just means that whatever comes up I'm willing to deal with it with myself and I'm willing to deal with it with my partner Um, so for myself how do I prepare for um, how do I prepare for a relationship um, in my single life? So in my single life, I'm preparing for a relationship, one, just by making sure that I'm enjoying who I am in my single life. Um, so many times we get to a point where we want to be in a relationship. And so that's our, our energy is just on that at all times. I just want to be in a relationship. Who can I call? Who can I date? Who can I spend time with? And you really have to get to that point where you're okay being by yourself. You're okay if nobody calls you, if if you don't go out for two weeks, 
on a date or something like that, you good with maybe going to a library, going to a coffee house, going to a movie or going to a dinner or just sitting at home net watching Netflix that you are good just all by yourself. Um, and so that's what I do a lot of times. Yeah, I have my friends. Yeah, I have people who call me up and we want to go out and stuff like that. But I also make sure that when I'm in my alone time that I'm good. Um, when I have my alone time, and I know that I'm not good, that if I'm in my alone time, that I'm experiencing a lot of turmoil, a lot of mental turbulence, a lot of spiritual turbulence. That means that something isn't right within my spirit. Something isn't right within me. And so if I notice that, that means that I got to spend time with pulling away from friends, from a lot of business, from a lot of things just to get myself and my mind together. Um, so I make sure that that is what I do is make sure I spend time by myself to get a gauge and of the temperature of my spirituality and my mental health to make sure that I'm stable and that I'm happy with the level of stability that I have. That sounds great. What does a healthy relationship look like? So if you could describe it in a picture, just what would it look like? Oh, healthy relationships has so many, so many different components. When I think of a healthy relationship, the first thing that I think of with this healthy relationship is, do I, well, the first thing that I look at when I think of a healthy relationship is, is this a person that you are communicating with on a regular basis, especially in, in, in good times and in hard times? With that healthy relationship, when I'm away from this person, am I longing to be with this person or am, am I typically like, oh, this is just great that I am away from this person. So am I longing for this person? Um, when things come up, good or bad, are they the, is that the first person that I want to talk to, the first person that I want to call when I'm in this relationship? Um, a healthy relationship includes things, of course, you know, that communication, being able to be vulnerable with this person. Um, being able to spend time doing nothing with this person. Um, are we planning things together, like our future? Um, we're not just, you know, just enjoying each other's time, but do we have goals as a relationship? Where's this relationship going? Are there things that we're trying to accomplish as a, in a relationship? Um, how do we deal with the, you know, the, the troubles in our personal lives? That's a separate that that can be seen sometimes as separate from that relationship. So just really looking at your relationship as all inclusive. There isn't, and you and when you're in a relationship, you can have some privacy. You know, you don't have to be an open book 100 percent of the time all the time. There are things that you might want to process by yourself first, but when it's time to come out and talk about it, this person, am I okay with talking to this person about those types of things? And so that's what I really look at in healthy relationships communication that longing for that person are we meeting each other's needs um, and if we're not meeting each other's needs are we talking about those needs not being met and how we're going to meet those needs um, just really kind of like the, the Maslow's hierarchy of you know hierarchy of needs is are my baseline needs being met when it comes to the relationship I have to meet my needs first but then once I meet my needs I need whoever I'm in a relationship to meet my relationship needs also Wonderful. I want to give a few tips about healthy relationships. So the first one is treat each other respectfully. So in a relationship, respect is needed. Feeling secure and comfortable in the relationship. So those feelings that you talked about, about security, being able to be yourself, being authentic, 
relationships that are not violent. I believe Ray spoke about trauma and how sometimes in relationships people bring their past traumas into the new relationship. So what we want to do is avoid that at all costs. The other thing is resolving conflicts satisfactorily. So that means being able to communicate, being able to decide on situations where you might have disagreeing point of views. Um, Enjoying the time that you spend together. Uh, Take an interest in each other's lives, meaning school, work, uh, friends, family, etc. But also spending that quality time with yourself. Because remember, today we're talking about you're also single, but these are some tips for you when you actually get into a relationship. Trust. Trust is something that can either harm a relationship or bring it closer together. And I think Reynard said communication. Communication is very is very um, necessary in a relationship. You have to learn how to speak to each other. And that also goes back to the point of how you deal with conflict. Communication can either enhance your relationship or bring destruction to it. And the last thing I want to say is that in relationships, we're constantly making decisions. So I think Ray talked about sexual intimacy. But I want to bring up something that we haven't touched on. And that is... Because we have so many people who are involved in substance use, making healthy choices around the things that we consume, uh, alcohol, drugs, even our diet. Sometimes we don't think about these things in a relationship, but they're all very important. So those are some of my healthy relationship tips. And Ray, I want to ask you this question. What are some of the qualities that you believe are important to look for as your thinking about getting into an actual relationship? Um, I think a lot of the qualities that um, I look for when when I get into a relationship, um, one is I'm looking for somebody who can't communicate. Um, that's huge to me. I am a communicator. Um, I, I like to bounce things off of the person that, you know, I'm in a relationship with. But in that, can they be open-minded? Because I don't always think the traditional way, and I can, it's something that I, I, sometimes I really love it about myself, but I also can hate about myself, is that I can rationalize anything, and I can see things from any perspective. And so, with that, I like to talk about things. I like to, you know, see, well, what about this perspective? What about, you know, this perspective over here? And what about that one? Because even though it sounds crazy, I can see why they would think that way. So I like to be able to communicate and talk about things without somebody completely shutting me down or saying, like, that's a stupid idea. I need to be able to communicate and we need to be able to talk about this. And then we need to be able to, if we just completely disagree on something, we can agree to disagree. We can walk away like, all right, you got your perspective. I got my perspective. We either can talk about it later or we can just be good with you got your perspective, I have my perspective. So communication is one. Um, the other thing uh, for me that I look for in a relationship is um, nurturing. Um, I like to have be in a relationship or a partner with someone who isn't afraid of emotion. Um, they, can, they can sense something with me and I can sense things with them not necessarily like oh I can tell that you're sad or I can tell that you're you know depressed but they know that I'm feeling some type of way just by off of my demeanor and they will you know either look to talk to me about it or they're like okay 
I know that they may have had or they look like they've had a rough day. Let me give them a moment or let me, you know, like maybe get them a cup of coffee or, you know, a cup of tea or something like that. Because those are the things that I do. So I look for that also that reciprocity, the things that I would do for you. I would like for you to do those things for me. And I don't want to have to you don't have to pull my teeth to do it. So I don't want to have to pull your teeth, you know, to do it. Are you in tune with me? Um, Can we with that being in tune? What I mean by that is um, if I'm if I'm falling short somewhere. Are you able to, you know, make up that lack? And if you aren't able to make up that lack, let me know or tell me because that goes back to the communication and the same vice versa. So those are two. Those are some of the main things that I look for. Nurturing, um, being able to communicate as well as, you know, just being in tune with myself and being open minded. Um, Just because, like I said, I know I think differently sometimes. And so whoever's with me. It's going to have to uh, be open-minded to some of the thoughts that I have. Okay. Certain patterns, really good. And when you start calling people on their crap, they're like, oh, you don't trust me or, oh, you you got trust issues. It's, no, I see where this is heading. And I want to nip it in the bud before we get to that point. And so I think that is so key. It is very, very key in every aspect you know, of the relationship. That is a very good comment. So one of the things I'm thinking about when you said that is red flags. What do you think about red flags, Ray? Mm-hmm. So yes, red flags are relationships. People get into so many challenging relationships because they ignore those red flags. They're like, oh, you know, I can, I can change this person. I can you know, I can um, I can deal with it. I can cope with it. And the things that I always tell people, if you are on like your third date with somebody and this particular red flag is coming up and it's bothering you, nine times out of ten, it's because that is a red flag that you can't tolerate. That is a red flag that is also going to become a billboard, a red billboard sign down the down the road. So if this is something that is bothering you right now, and this is only in the third date, this is probably something that you need to evaluate as maybe I can't tolerate this the way that I thought that I could tolerate this. And that's not even to say that you must end the relationship or end that communication with that person, but that needs to be addressed immediately before we start investing all of this time together. Talking to them is this is something that is a is a hindrance for me. It's a bother for me. And I really, you know, enjoy your company. I really like being around you. Is this something that you think that could be worked on? Is this something that, you know, or is this something that you feel that this is just a part of your personality that, you know, you just got to, I would just have to deal with? Because I know coming down the road, this is going to be an issue, you know, issue for me. And so those red flags, I always say, just, you know, pay attention to those. Pay attention to those and know that you don't necessarily, it's not necessarily like trust issues, but it's more so of you're noticing things from that you've seen in the past. So bringing those relationship things that you saw that didn't work out for you in the past, don't throw those away. Keep those. Understand what that meant for you, what it, how it affected you. And understand how it played out in your relationship with that with that other person, because if this person is doing the same thing, 
you're going to be re-triggered over and over and over again. And then this new partner is going to be like, why is he or she tripping so hard? And it's like they're tripping because they're reacting to you as if they've been in this four year relationship before. So they bring it four years of trauma, four years of conflicts, four years of whatever into the six month relationship. And to you, it's like, I did this thing twice. I don't understand why it's such a big deal. But for them, they've been through this year for years. And so you want to understand what were those red flags in that previous relationship. You want to understand how it affected you. Were there things that you felt like you could have dealt differently to cope with those red flags? Um, could we have talked about it more? Could I have adapted or could I have loved this person in spite of those red flags? Those are all things that you want to really be aware of when you're going from one relationship to another relationship. I always say it is really key that if you have been in a long-term relationship and you end that relationship, it's okay to, you know, date, you know, just, you know, hang out with some people, but do not get back into another relationship because there are so many things that need to be processed from this past relationship. And just by getting into a new relationship, you could be re-traumatizing yourself, you could be re-triggering yourself, as well as you could be overlooking things that you really need to look at and you really need to think about and change, maybe even about yourself as to how you did things. Because even though people can trigger us, we can also trigger other people. And a lot of people don't want to accept that you are a trigger for somebody else too. And so we under, we need to understand, what might I be doing to trigger something in somebody else as well? And can I be accountable and responsible for those things that I was doing? Can I make amends for those things that I was doing? Can I change those things that I was doing? And so that's why I always say, give yourself some time to process. I'm not saying you got to be single for eight years. Just give yourself some time to really think about, <laughs> give yourself some time to really think about um all the aspects of this previous relationship before you get into a new one and plan when I get into this new relationship this is how I want things to be and so these are the things that I'm willing to do to try to make sure that the relationship plays out in this way not saying that this person has to have this exact personality this person has to do this at three o'clock every day it's just to say these are the dynamics of communication that I want to create in my family these are the or in my relationship these are the the the, the way that I want to ensure safety emotional and physical safety in my new relationship and just knowing those things and plan out how you want to do those things. Awesome, Raynard. <laughs> awesome. Woo, those red flags. We really need to pay attention to red flags. We need to pay attention to our intuition, our gut, our spiritual guidance about relationships. All of these things are important factors in helping us to develop a better sense of ourselves and also be a healthy person in a relationship. So this next one is, do you think physical chemistry is important? I think you kind of touched on it when you said the relationship is not just about sexual intimacy. But could you further explain why relationships are not just built on physical chemistry? Absolutely. Absolutely. Relationships aren't just built on physical chemistry for so many reasons. I'll start off by saying this. One, 
if you don't get into a relationship though with somebody if you're not physically attracted to them because if you're not attracted to them my pastor always said if you're not attracted to them at 6 p.m you ain't gonna be attracted to them at 3 a.m so do not proceed do if you're not attracted do not take it to the next level talking about so oh i'm gonna grow to love them um if you if you find that this person is interesting and you just you know spending time with them things like that just don't solidify any relationship or anything with that person until you feel like you are intimately attracted to that person because because attraction sexually can be stemmed from from looking it can be stemmed from like mental stimulation um does this person make me think and you know what are they introducing me to are they broadening my horizon all those things can stimulate sexual attraction but if you just right off the bat are not sexually attracted to somebody stop don't go to that next level until that is there but the relationship is not solely based on sexual attraction and this is and this is why um think of a person that you are in a relationship with and they become paralyzed from the waist down and you're married to them what does that mean now are you still in a relationship does that mean it's the end of your relationship i mean you've been in with the, you've been married to this person 15 years but we can't have we can't engage in sex the way that we typically would anymore because of this med, now medical condition or this physical condition. Um, does that mean it's the end of your relationship? And so, because that one aspect of the of the relationship no longer exists, you guys are going to have to fall back on something else. You guys are going to have to fall back on your spiritual connection with each other, your um, personal connection, your um, your emotional connection with each other, the history, the future. You guys are going to have to connect on so many other levels because sexual intimacy is a big part of the relationship, but it's not the only part and it's not the key part that keeps a relationship together. You have people out here every day having great sex with multiple people all the time, but that doesn't mean that they are connected to that person or they want to be in a relationship with that person. So if that's the case, there has to be other aspects that is connecting these people who are in long-term relationships with each other. So yeah, just look at emotional connection, spiritual connection. Can we, are we enjoying each other's company? Do we have things in common? That is so huge. That is so, so, so huge. There are, I've seen so many people get in long-term relationships and three or four years down the line, they're like, I realized I don't have anything in common with this person. We don't like the same type of music. We don't like the same type of movies. We don't watch the same type of television shows. I like to read books. They like to, you know, uh, drink a lot. They want to do social drinking and party all the time. I want to just sit on the couch and chill. We don't have anything in common. The goals in their life do not line up with the goals in my life. And if if I'm if they're pursuing their goals, it's pulling me away from mine. And if I'm doing my thing, it's pulling me away. We don't have we don't share anything. And I've been in this relationship for five years because of sex. And it's like, wow, now this person is coming to the point where they have to restructure their whole life because they're realizing that this relationship is going to have to come to an end. And so now they got to restructure their whole life, their whole pattern of doing things. They got to come up with a new identity as to who they are, because for five years, they've identified themselves as being in this relationship and being with a person that they didn't have anything in common with. And now they have to redo their whole identity. And so 
I think it's just key to make sure you have things in common with that person because if you don't, sex is only going to last for so long. And after what, when you get older, what, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 2 minutes, whatever, after that, <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> she said zero minutes. <laughs> after, after that sex is over, you got 24 more hours in the day that you got to be with this person, that you got to honor a commitment with this person. And so there has to be something else that fills those 24 hours. Ray has so much good advice. I don't know what to say next, but let me ask you this. So we talked about physical chemistry and I think I led right into my next question, which was do opposites attract or should you have similar values? And I think uh, just based on what you said, even though I hear people saying, oh yeah, opposites attract. In my personal experience, I think I need someone with similar values. But some people say opposites attract. I want to know, what's your opinion, Ray? Absolutely. I do think to a certain degree that opposites attract. But I think there's caveats to that. So when we look at opposites, so many people think when they say opposites attract, they're like, okay, they're tall, I'm short. Or... um, I am, I'm light-skinned, they're dark-skinned. They look at it on a surface level, a very shallow level. But when we really think about when we say, when we look at people who have come together and they were opposites, it was more so along the lines of the things that I lack, do they add? If we're lacking in this same area, it's going to be hard. If we both have a hard time with finances, that's going to be hard. It's going to be real hard. You, y'all trying to save a million dollars, and he at the mall buying J's, you at the, at the mall buying MAC cosmetics, and y'all like, uh, we, we ain't paid our bills. And so a person who has a hard time with finances, they would probably be attracted to somebody who is more financially intelligent is the word that I'll say they're more financially stable more financially intelligent and now if you got two people who are good financially together both of us you know we both are good at saving money that's something that's really good but I'm willing to bet there's something else that those two financially intelligent people are opposites in it doesn't have to be that we are opposites completely in personality it's just the areas of where I lack can this person build me up in that or can this person add to that and the areas that they lack can I do the same thing I was working with a client and he was explaining his father as being a um, a person who's just like really black and white everything what didn't get charged up emotionally it was just very like engineer type it's this way or this way I don't I don't do the gray areas and when those gray areas come up I need somebody you know to you know help me out in that area and he couldn't understand why his what his mom saw in his dad because mom was like on the front lines of protest she was like a, you would consider her a modern day civil rights activist and he just couldn't see it and I was like did you ever think that your mom was attracted to your dad because he provided her with that balance for when she became too emotionally involved. And he was like, wait, what? I was like, yeah. Your, the, the, that very subtle baseline of things, of how your dad did things, very black and white, very concrete, is this way or this way, that helped your mom to settle. 
when, because she knew that she would get too involved in stuff and she would need that um, that baseline. She would need that subtle thinking to say, hey, take a break from that. Come away from that and come over here to something that's plain, something that's easy, something that's simple, something that, and then you can go back to that. And then the dad's attraction to the mom is because dad knew that he wasn't as driven as mom was so that when things came up in his life he could depend on his wife to add that fire okay you slacking you got to get this and those opposites attracted but they also had other things in common they movies together types of television shows so many different things in common but those two big aspects of their lives personality wise they were opposites he was more chill she was more high I don't want to say high strong but she was more um, high energy and invested and they would check each other when they noticed each one was getting out of balance and they they worked that way and so I think with those opposites attracting it's just going to be certain things that we like because we can't be 100% of everything at all times and so those things that I'm not 100% on can my partner make up that other part to get us to 100%. Awesome. Once again, I really, really like that example. So this is my last question, Reynard. What is the most important advice you can give a person who is single prior to finding the right person? The best advice that I could give is... I'm going to say, and I oftentimes get in trouble when I say this, live your life as if you are never going to find that person. Live your life as if you are never going to get married. You're never going to, you know, find that partner that you're going to live your life out with. Because if you live your life in that way, then that means you're like, I don't know if I'm going to get, I don't know if I'm going to have this person that's going to do all this other stuff over here for me. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the things to make sure that I am happy, that I am whole, that I am satisfied. And at that point, usually I always find that when a person starts living their life that way, that's when they find their mate. And it's because they are putting themselves in and they find a healthy mate because they are putting themselves in a position to find a person that is doing the, some of the same things that they like to do. Uh, if you're a person who like to you know, go boating, if you ain't going boating and you always at the coffee shop, you're probably not going to find a partner who likes to go boating at the coffee shop. So if you're living your life, I don't know if my partner's ever going to, if I'm ever going to find a partner that's going to go boating. So I got to go take myself boating. Well, now you're putting yourself in the midst of boaters. You increase your likelihood of finding who you're going to be a good match with when you are doing those things that you naturally like to do and want to do. But if we're sitting back waiting on a partner to do those things for us, you're going to be in the house all the time. How are you going to find somebody at the house? Who's it going to be? The mailman, the milkman, my mom always said. So you got to get yourself out of the house. Live your life 100% a whole. And that's not to say that you are shutting yourself off from the possibility of dating. You're just living your life as if, if it doesn't happen, if marriage doesn't happen for me, I can still be 100% whole and happy. And when you get to that point, that's usually when you find your mate or your partner. And then you also eliminate that whole idea of, my partner is going to make me whole. My partner is going to fix these things. This partner is going to love me to my healing. That's too much of a burden. Love yourself to your own healing and then let your partner enjoy. <laughs> that's how I, that's the advice that I would give. 
I think that advice is awesome. Live your life as if you're never going to find that person. In other words, simply put, just enjoy your life. Enjoy your life. Enjoy doing the things that make you happy. And that's when you'll find the connection. Thank you.